This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morris, and this week we're celebrating the men's lacrosse team's two NCAA tournament wins last week and looking ahead to the national quarterfinals this Wednesday at Wesleyan. The men's and women's rowing teams won the NESCAC title, while senior Sadie James won a Fulbright and finished her track career in style. Plus, we check in with Cold Front. That's right, the women's club ultimate frisbee team is headed back to nationals. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The men's lacrosse team got the NCAA championships underway with a 23-10 win over Plattsburgh State on Wednesday at Garcelon Field. Junior Clark Jones led the way with five goals. Everything's getting opened up because of Charlie Fay, Andrew Melvin, Malastav, everyone we're playing with. Um, and I'm kind of just cleaning up. They're finding me when I'm open on the crease. Everyone's paying attention to them, and uh, luckily I was able to put a couple in today. The Bobcats defeated Amherst in the third round on Saturday by a score of 26-14. The two teams' 40 combined goals set a new NCAA tournament record. First year, Matt Lastava totaled 13 points by scoring a career-high nine goals and dishing out four assists. Lestava's performance broke an NCAA tournament record for points in one game. Senior captain Charlie Fay scored a career-high eight goals and tallied four assists. This came on the heels of his four goals and three assists against Plattsburgh State. Fay now has 160 goals in his career, a new Bates record. Fay only scored nine goals as a first year. We sat down with our male Bobcat of the week to talk about how he's grown since then. I think just always trying to find something to improve on and uh, always having those goals set out and making sure that you're working so that you're finding progress and uh, just having those few things that you're always trying to work on and have them written down on paper and so that you know that uh, you're actually seeing progress. Well, yeah, because you were an attack in high school, we talked about, and you played midfield originally here at Bates and then moved back to attack. Obviously, that's helped you with the goal scoring as well, just position-wise, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, attack's definitely more uh, centered around just pure scoring, whereas midfield's more of a kind of a two-way position where you got to play defense also, and you're probably going to end up with less goals. But, uh, yeah, no, I love being back down on attack where I can just focus on only playing offense and just trying to score as many goals as I can. When you first arrived at Bates, did you kind of envision this being the kind of the career path, or did you not even realize that you'd be, you know, scoring so many goals by the end of it? I didn't really think of it like that. I mean, like freshman year, I was pretty disappointed with just how I was playing personally, and then uh, that resulted in me not getting much playing time. And uh, I figured that, I mean, that was definitely more a, a me problem, and I had to put a lot of work in if I wanted to change that. So in the off season, I put in a lot of work and. I mean, throughout college, I played a lot of lacrosse just in the summers and any off-season in the fall, and yeah, just always working to improve. Well, and Coach Lasagna has mentioned that you guys went down to Portland and played some angry old men in lacrosse. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so my dad actually runs a uh, lacrosse league on Wednesday nights, and um, I've pretty much played in it since probably my sophomore year of high school, and I think that's probably one of the best things for developing a lot of uh, the necessary fundamental skills just as far as like passing like catching you just get a ton of reps and it's uh we play three on three so it's a very small field and you kind of get exposed if you're not if you don't have all those uh fundamental skills on point 
So it's much different than like a collegiate lacrosse game, obviously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's pretty much like going and playing like pickup basketball at the gym or something. But it's uh, always super competitive, and everyone's uh, everyone else is working to get better. Everyone's there for the same reason, and they sh everyone likes to play competitive lacrosse. So it's uh, I think it's it's one of my favorite places to play, just in that Wednesday night three on three league. Great. Now let's talk about Saturday's game against Amherst. Obviously, a very high-scoring game for you and your uh, first-year teammate Matt Lestava. Yeah. What was really opening up? I'm sure you guys have watched the tape already. What was really opening up out there? Personally, I actually started off a little slow, but if Sam Francis just keeps winning that many face-offs, it's so much easier just to get in a good tempo and figure it out as a team on offense. And I mean, when you're getting the ball that often and you're getting that many shots, you're bound to start hitting a few of them. So when Sam keeps winning face-offs, we're able to just really find that tempo and get in a good flow. Watching some of your goals, I mean, they're so like acrobatic and like you yeah, had that one where you went behind your back sort of. And how do you know when to make those type of moves? Is it just instinct? Yeah, so a lot of that's actually that Wednesday night box. So it's just <laughs> like the three-on-three, the three, like yeah. messing around, playing a lot of lacrosse and just kind of finding ways to put the ball in the back of the net. And uh, also just a ton of influences, just watching the uh, box lacrosse game and watching other guys in Division One lacrosse and seeing how they figure out ways to get the ball in the net is just um, it's all this stuff that I'm looking at and trying to implement in my game. Sure, so you're watching a lot of D1 lacrosse on television then, probably? Uh, yeah, definitely, especially with the tournament going on right now. Unfortunately, a lot of the games conflict with ours, but uh, we're, we're watching all the games that we can. Great, great. Now, uh, looking forward to Wednesday's game. You're going to Wesleyan, so a road game against the Cardinals. We've talked about this before, but I mean, this is a team that hasn't lost since they lost to you guys. What do you see on tape that makes them so good? Yeah, I mean, they've just caught fire. They have a really good, I think they have the best goalie or uh, they, their goalie won the first team NESCAC, so uh, arguably the best goalie in the NESCAC, and then they have uh, one of the best attackmen in the NESCAC, and then, or actually a couple of the best attackmen in the NESCAC, and they uh, recently figured out like who their guys were on offense, and I think they've just started to mesh a lot better, and they're definitely going to be a different team from when we saw them, but... It'll be uh, it'll be a good game because we've changed a lot as well. Well, from your perspective, obviously you don't have to worry necessarily about their guys on attack, but you do have to worry about their goalkeeper. And when you're facing an elite goalkeeper like that, does anything change for you? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I'm just gonna play the same way I would anyways. So I mean, I'm, I like to watch my the opponent before we play them, but I'm not huge into the whole uh, trying to set my mind on what I want to do differently because at the end of the day, if I focus on myself and make sure I'm ready to go, then uh, that's probably the best I can do. One thing I've noticed, at least from your stats, your assist tolls are way up this year. What has allowed you to get so many more assists? Yeah, well, just playing attack in general, you're uh, yeah. just around the ball a lot more, so a lot more opportunities to find a guy for an open shot or something. But I think just uh, the, sl the slides are coming a lot earlier this year, and people are, um, I mean, at the more they try and stop me from going to the net, the more it opens up the guys around me. So sometimes I'll just look up and they'll be... Uh, Clark or Matt Lasava will be wide open, and those guys are always finishing, so I'll always give them the ball. And this team has so many great seniors on it. You know, yourself, Melvin, Weber, uh, the list goes on and on, Freddie on defense. I mean, the senior class, how proud are you of what you guys have accomplished so far? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, those are my best friends, and I've been playing with them for four years and living with a lot of them for four years, and we pretty much do everything together outside of lacrosse as well, so... Seeing those guys succeed and seeing us all succeed together is a pretty special thing. I mean, it means a lot to all of us, and I know that we're all really competitive, so it's, it's, it's what we want. I mean, we wouldn't want to have it like our freshman year where we're losing a lot of games, and I know like, we just wouldn't settle with that.
All right, well, Charlie Fay, congrats again on your terrific season, all-time career-leading goal scorer at Bates, and three wins away from something really special. Thanks so much. Thank you. The men's lacrosse team visits Wesley in this Wednesday to take on the Cardinals in the national quarterfinals. All the action gets underway at 4.30 in the afternoon. Bates beat Wesley in 15-14 in the regular season, but the Cardinals have not lost since. What say you, head coach Peter Lasagna? Oh, I think they're playing as well as anybody in the country right now, and uh, we all sort of figured ahead of time that if we played as well as we could play and they played as well as they can play, that the two of us would meet again. Uh, the fact that they had to beat Tufts for a third time is, uh, is silly, but boy, good for them. The men's rowing team won its second NASCAC title on Friday, earning the silver medal at the National Invitational Rowing Championships. The first varsity eight finished just behind Hobart and ahead of every other NESCAC crew in the grand final. Meanwhile, the women's rowing team won its third NESCAC title and earned an automatic bid to the NCAA championships. The first varsity eight won the gold medal in its grand final, and Bates is headed to the NCAAs for the 11th consecutive year. The first varsity eight earns female Bobcat of the Week honors, and first-year Hannah Fitz joined the Bobcast to recap the National Invitational Rowing Championships. You're one of three first years on the first varsity eight. What's the experience been like so far for you? It's been absolutely wonderful. Um, I gotta say a lot of our speed in the first year class has come from um, the phenomenal leadership in the upperclassmen um, throughout our boat and throughout the whole team. Um, the only reason why we're there is because they've been willing to train with us and teach us how to row at Bates College. and. Um, and so it's it's really been a teamwork effort, but it's it's so exciting. It's such a wonderful experience. Sure. And when you first got here in the fall, obviously you had some regattas in the fall as well. Were you expecting to be in the first varsity eight, or how did that even develop for you? I was definitely not expecting that. Um, I honestly didn't really know what to expect coming in. Uh, my friend Laura Rand, who's a junior here um, in the same boat, uh, she and I rode at the same club in high school, um, and she actually told me before we got here that. Um, I should be expecting something very different from what we what the coaching we had um, in high school was like because our strokes are very different from what um, Coach Seenster expects from us. Um, so I really had no expectations of being in the first varsity, um, but I'm really happy that I'm there. And um, I think it's you know it, it's it's a, a really great opportunity to have um, that kind of younger class being being built up pretty strong just within the fall and this these two past two semesters actually um because we have a lot of really great leadership leaving the the team um after they graduate this year um so i'm i'm happy that we can feel pretty confident in our class as we come up sure and so is um laura being here is what first raised your awareness of bates perhaps um so i actually uh was first aware of bates because my um, older sister who rose also looked at Bates, um, and she ended up somewhere else. But uh, when I visited, I actually was able to visit Laura Rand, um, and uh, she got me super excited about the program, um, mostly from her explanations about the mentality of Bates rowing, which is really just a um, – it's a kind of scrappy environment, as a lot of the people on the team like to describe it. Um, we've come in as a first-year class um, overprivileged completely because we walked into a completely new boathouse – um, I get the privilege of racing in the, the newest boat um, in the fleet, and uh, we got a bunch of new ergs this year, too. And so um, it's, it sounds very different from the past few years on Bates Rowing. Um, but 
one of the first speeches that coach gave to the whole team in the fall was about keeping that kind of uh, scrappy mentality and being willing to work through 20 mile an hour winds, which is the practice we are going to have today. And, <laughs> and um, you know, kind of any weather and uh, being willing to erg for however long, maybe seven weeks it felt like um, in the spring season and um, just not having any of that bother us um, because we're a tough team mentally and um, I think that's actually what drew me to Bates, Bates rowing um, specifically, because I think that, you know, rowing is all about about grit and who wants it more. And um, this is really a team where um, we all work together to make everyone faster. And if you are working your, at your best level, then you will see the results on the water and, and in the boat. What's been your biggest adjustment from club rowing and rowing in high school to collegiate rowing? What's something that maybe took you by surprise? Um, I, I gotta say the, uh, the mental training that, uh, coach Jeansra has us do is, is definitely very different from my high school experience with rowing. Um, I came from a small, um, high school, an all girls high school, actually, uh, Lincoln school in Providence. And, um, we had a lot of energy on the team. It was a small team. And so we were all really close and got to be ourselves and be a little crazy. Um, and I'm not a very calm person at all. And, um, so coming to Bates, actually, I think a, a biggest, the big, one of the biggest um, challenges for me um, in our training is being able to be calm and focused in and out of the boat um, after practice when we do our quiet sits, being able to sit completely still and, <laughs> and quietly. Um, and, and, but mostly in the boat, just really um, physically and mentally having my head in the boat and, um, you know, leaving all the, the social fun parts of rowing aside um, until we're off the water and, um, and really being able to experience um, this, every single stroke and feel what's going on um, without being distracted by kind of all the, the craziness of high school rowing and, and, you know, being surrounded by a lot of your friends. That's a big roster, too. How did you get to know everyone when you first arrived? Well, it happened really quickly, actually. Um, one of the things I love best about Bates Rowing is that the men and women's team are really close. Um, so we all eat in commons together. Um, every time I walk in there, I know they'll be in the right corner. Um, and the same thing in the library. We always have rowing tables, and it doesn't matter whether you're a, you know, a freshman girl or a senior guy or whatever. Um, we're, we're all able to sit together and do work together and um, and eat together and basically spend all of our time um, as one big family, which is really awesome. I remember texting my mom being so excited that I just met like four new rowers just by walking into the library and then continued to sit there and do my work with them. And um, so it's just a willingness to spend a lot of time together and build that that team spirit outside of, uh, of practice is um, it really makes it feel like it's a family. Excellent. Let's talk about the National Invitational Rowing Championships. Women's team won the gold medal for as far as GA, got the automatic qualifiers to NCAA. So what was that experience like for your, your first uh, NIRCs there? It was terrifying. Um, I actually, I don't know if I remember a ton of the race, um, especially the final. Um, it's pretty interesting. The difference between the heat and the final for me was all about this mental stuff too. Um, in the heat, we were all able to be a little bit more aware of what's going on and, and kind of feel the race as it's happening. But um, I was talking to Laura again after the race and um, we agreed that we both kind of blacked out during it. And I think the only thing I remember from the last probably 750 meters was at one point, um, our Cox in track screamed, oh my God, you need to go now. And we were just like, 
oh my God, we need to go now. And it was, it was terrifying. I mean, we had no idea that we had that kind of sprint in us. And we were not ever sure if we were, if we were up or behind or whoever, who was making moves. And it was, it was, you know, all hands on deck, completely terrifying, heart racing, mostly because you're rowing, but also because it's so intense. Um, so yeah, I would say terrifying is the best word. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you got the gold medal, but it was like by 0.4 seconds over Williams. <laughs> you can't tell there. When did you find out that you'd won even? Well, so I I actually didn't even find out that Williams was the second place crew until I got on the bus. Oh. I thought that Ithaca had been the second place crew because um, our coxswain had been calling out what seat we were on on their boat. Mm. Um, and I think Williams just completely came out of, of left field. Oh. We had We had no idea. Um, that they were that close to us, especially because the weekend before we were we were sitting pretty comfortably ahead of them. Right. Um, and so, I I think it's really glad that we. I'm really glad that we had Ithaca right there next to us, us pushing us. But I think that um, it's it's even better that we are all willing to, you know, not settle just for an inch over Ithaca, and we were really willing to push through those last 250 meters. Um, because if we weren't willing to go above and beyond, we we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have passed Williams. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a tight race. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you talked to any of the upperclassmen about what the NCAA championships are like? Yeah. we They've been telling us a little bit about it, um, although not actually about the racing part. Mm. We haven't talked exactly about that experience yet, um, mostly, I imagine, just because it's a pretty um, pretty terrifying experience yet again. Um, Coach talked to us this morning uh, about a lot of the pressures that we're feeling right now and um, I'm just excited because we get to we get to work for another two weeks and kind of work off that anxiety uh, before we get there. And and once again, I mean, it, it comes down to this whole mental mental training and mental strength that we have of willing to be to be scrappy and have that grit that you know there's a lot of pressure and it's really terrifying again to be there as a freshman and and to um, kind of have a clean slate and just really want to want to stay undefeated and build the best next four years that I possibly can with my teammates. But um, we're able to just kind of work through that by knowing that hard work, hard work will pay off on the water. And um, I have faith in, in every single person in our boat um, and they've led us to, to this place. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, Hannah Fitz, congrats again on the gold medal at the NIRCs and the NESCAC championship. Looking forward to the NCAAs. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. The track and field teams took on a number of Division I programs at the Open New England Outdoor Championships on Friday and Saturday. On the men's side, junior Adedire Fakariti placed fourth in the discus, the only Division III athlete among the top 11 in the event. Meanwhile, the women's team finished 15th out of 40 teams at Open New England's, with senior captain Allison Hill finishing third in the 100-meter hurdles and senior Sadie James finishing third in the 10,000-meter run. A recent Fulbright winner, James joined the Bobcast to look back at her time at Bates on and off the track. Let's start with the track and field. 10,000 meter run, Open New England's. Understand it was your last collegiate meet. You got third, so it went pretty well, right? Yeah, it was fun. Um, it was my second time ever running the 10K. Um, Jay has been trying to get me to run it since I was a first year, and <laughs> I have kept saying no because I didn't want to do 25 laps on our track. But um, I agreed to it, and I loved it last weekend. I, I found my race, you know, two weekends before I was done. Um, but I'm really glad I did it. It was just a whole different kind of challenge that I've experienced through skiing or running. Um, a lot more mental, I thought. 
Um, so it was really fun to kind of do it last week and have the chance to do it again. Um, usually you don't run two 10Ks uh, two weekends in a row. Um, so my body was feeling it way more than I thought I would this past weekend. So I didn't necessarily hit the time that I wanted, but um, it was still fun to run with the girls I ran with. Um, really weird running at 9 p.m. at night. <laughs> um, just my body was a little out of whack with that. But, yeah, it was it was really, really fun. So running under the lights, basically, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's it like to go up against, you know, Division One type of opponents like that? Yeah, um, it's funny because I ski with Division One components all sure. winter, um, and so I, I never have in the spring necessarily um, – and so, I mean, it was just a whole different kind of competition, which was really great, and it was really fun to run with those girls. Um, yeah, it was a good experience for sure. We've talked a lot about your Nordic skiing, but how does, if at all, Nordic skiing help you prepare to, for outdoor track, you know, if in terms of endurance and distance and whatnot? Yeah, so definitely with the endurance side yeah. of it. Um, I actually don't run that much in the winter whatsoever, so when I start coming into outdoor track, Jay starts me on really low mileage. Um and then I work my way up just because I'm running maybe three miles a week in the winter and not where I am once I start running in the spring. Um, but the, I think the endurance side of it um, really does translate, which is why I really love doing the 5 and 10Ks on the track now. Um, I work closely with both coaches. Becky and Jay are actually really good friends. So I'm kind of working yeah. simultaneously with both of them too, which is really great as well. I understand, you know, your, your basically your athletic career uh, has come to a close. What's that like? What's that like you in your mind right now? It's kind of funny because I'm already sick. It's like my oh. body my body's just like, oh, you're done. We can get sick now. Like, you don't have to prepare for anything else. So my body's in a bit of like a breakdown mode, I think, which makes sense because I realize I put a lot of stress on it um, throughout the year. It really still hasn't hit me yet. Um, I wasn't planning on that having that race be my last meet. I was planning on running Thursday, but I'm listening to my body, and mm -hmm. it needs a little bit of a break. Um, and, you know, it'll be fun to just be on campus, I think, for my last two weeks here at Bates. Sure, absolutely. And uh, you're one of our 19 uh, Fulbrights yeah. there. How, how did that come about? Well, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I'm an education minor here at Bates, um, and I knew I wanted to be teaching and um, – Fulbright just seemed like a really great opportunity for me um, to apply to just because Bates has such success with it and we have incredible support. Um, and I really wasn't sure what I wanted to be doing, so I wanted something for a year. Um, I've had past teammates who have done Fulbright, um, close friends that have done Fulbright. So I decided to apply um, way back in October, <laughs> um, but the application really started um, around a year ago at this time, actually, which is crazy to think about. Um, so, yeah, I'll be heading to Bulgaria um, in September for 10 months to be teaching high school English there. Wow. Have you ever been to Bulgaria before? Uh, no, no, no. That's one of the reasons I chose it. I wanted yeah. something totally new outside of my comfort zone um, and just to really get the most out of the experience. When did you learn you'd received it? I actually found out first round in January, and then I found out that I got the, the Fulbright um, right before finals i believe um and they don't tell you an exact date they take their sweet time when telling <laughs> you so it's like oh you'll hear any time between middle of february and may so it's like you're frantically checking your email every five minutes just waiting for it to come in um so yeah i found out right around finals period i believe what was your reaction um well it's kind of funny because i literally was like checking email in my in classes and i just happened to be at lunch with two of my other friends one of who was also waiting to hear from fulbright and 
my email just automatically refreshed and I saw Fulbright and I literally like threw my phone and was like scared to open. They're like, you have to open it. So I was in commons and then I screamed really loudly. It was really embarrassing at the time, but like wasn't expecting to get it then. Um, it was honestly just like such a huge relief. What's maybe one or two things you're really hoping to take away from the experience going to Bulgaria, you know, starting in September? Yeah. Um, I think I'm really, you know, I'm really looking forward to the unknown, which is something I never have said in my life before. I'm a huge planner. Um, so kind of, you know, just having to take it as it comes um, with my different classes. I'm going to be seeing over 300 students a week um, in 16 different classes. So I, I mean, I'm really excited to like lesson plan, really learn about the Bulgarian culture um, and get involved in the community as well. So I think I'm also going to start some sort of athletics um, for women's like women um, in the school there. So kind of combining a lot of different passions. So you are planning things, it sounds like already. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I am. I mean, yeah. they, I've been like in touch with current ETAs there and past ETAs um, who are actually in my town that graduated from Bates as well. Um, and so they've been giving me lots of ideas as well. So. I, I am planning, but I mean, I can't plan so much that I know what I'm going to be doing every day, which is exciting. Sure. Last question. Are you excited? Um, you must be excited to see how, how your fellow track teammates do here, the last chance, and then at nationals as well. Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, I, I train really closely with Jess Wilson, mm -hmm. um, and she is just, it's so fun to watch her succeed and the success she's had throughout her career. So I'm already have like it scheduled when I'm going to be watching Jess at NCAAs and Allie and everybody else as well. Great. Well, Sadie James, congrats again on your great athletic career and the Fulbright. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you. The baseball team lost a 3-2 heartbreaker to Middlebury in the NESCAC tournament on Friday. Then they dropped a close 5-3 contest to Amherst on Saturday to conclude the season. The Bobcats qualified for the NESCAC tournament for the third time in the past four years and will look to advance even further next year in head coach John Martin's second season. To wrap up this episode of the Bobcast, we take a look at one of our club sports excelling this spring. Cold front. The women's ultimate frisbee team is headed to nationals for the second consecutive season. Sophomore captain Josie Gillette discusses the team's continued success. Your first year with the team last year, the team goes to nationals, great experience, and then you're going to nationals again. And so how did this year compare so far, at least, to last year for you? Yeah, it was actually um, a lot different. Last year we had a group of about um, 10 seniors that kind of led the team. Um, and so we had a lot of uh, top-heavy leadership, and this year we're actually returning um, four people who were at Nationals last year are going to be returning this year. So we have a really young team this year, um, which is super exciting because we have a lot of young talent um, and a lot of good energy, which is really exciting. So different vibes for sure. Sure, and you're one of those four returners, and I know I saw you last year. You're like a coach on the field almost, so was it a great opportunity for you to coach some of the younger uh, talent this year? Yeah, I think we were lucky also. We got three seniors back from abroad who are all um, really experienced and good leaders, and we were lucky to kind of all um, help. We got a really big group of new freshmen, and we also had a lot of um, non-freshman rookies. I think we have like six or seven new sophomores and some new juniors even. So it's been awesome. Pretty much everyone who's returning from the team last year has had a leadership opportunity. Um, one of our captains this year actually started playing Frisbee last year. So there's been a lot of opportunity to really like help learn because uh, everyone on the team is so young. I know four teams from New England got to qualify for nationals. You got that four spot. So how stressful was that there at regionals? I was pretty stressful. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. Um, going to bed on Saturday night, I was like, this might be it um, after how we did on Saturday. But I think we came into 
Sunday really strong and um, definitely played the best game of the weekend, that last game on Sunday, which I think um, is hard to do when you're exhausted, but um, I was really proud of how the team worked. Um, and we were playing Amherst in that game to go, and they're always such a fun and spirited team to play and also play really, really hard. So they pushed us to kind of bring out the best. And we had the men's team on the sideline cheering us on also, which gave us a lot of energy. So it was super fun. Um, but once we were in that game, we were all just like focused on that and not really paying attention to what might or might not happen after the game. But um, we were definitely living in that moment, and it paid off for sure. Terrific. And, well, where is Nationals this year? Nationals is in Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I know last year was what, Winston-Salem? Yeah, it was yeah. in North Carolina. Yeah. And so last year in North Carolina, what was that experience like going there? It was super fun. I think, like, uh, just a moment for me was, like, walking onto the airplane with all of my teammates and being like, holy crap, we're flying <laughs> across the country. Um, it was a pretty crazy experience, especially for like an ultimate Frisbee team, getting that opportunity to travel together as a team. It was super fun um, to all be together and definitely a big era of competition. It's hard in New England when we're not playing outside a lot and tournaments are often canceled or special conditions, but like having a very focused and driven space to work was super fun and pretty removed from where we were. So we kind of got to hone in on that and then i know ultimate frisbee obviously a club sport and so you have a lot of responsibilities as captain beyond just you know your responsibilities on the field so how do you balance all that with your academics here i i love frisbee and i love um like helping figure out other people how to love helping teach other people how to love frisbee um so it's just a lot of fun and definitely a lot of support from the rest of the team a bunch of people are really excited to be there so um it's, it's a lot of work, but it's definitely productive and um, work that I love doing. So it's not – I find the time for it. It's not that hard. <laughs> gotcha. Nice. And then um, who are some uh, young players who, who really stood out to you this year, you think, who are kind of helping you be the future of the program? Yeah. So we have – we took three freshmen this year mm-hmm. on the A team, and we actually started a B team for the first year ever, which has been awesome. Uh, but all three freshmen – um, Grace Warder, Anna Helms, and Madison Listrow all are super energetic, really athletic, and um, just like do whatever they can to get the disc in their hands on the field, which is awesome. Um, and then we have um, a bunch of new sophomore talent, but one girl, Olivia Gomez, um, has a lot of maturity in her throws, which you don't see in new players very often. So, um, and other other new players also have a lot of athleticism and calmness with the disc in their hand which you often don't see in rookies so I think the whole rookie class in general has just been spectacular great and obviously as a club you don't recruit or anything so how do you find these players to join the club each year yeah I think last year going to nationals really helped uh, people want to join this year we saw a lot of new sophomores and juniors joining um, and uh, just trying to keep our practices in the fall really open and geared towards learning because no one really plays before they get to college. So making sure it feels like an environment where everyone is welcome and um, all skill all skill sets are accepted and encouraged. I think we try to really foster that in the fall. What did you learn from last year's experience going to nationals you're going to apply, you think, this year? I think I'm just a little more settled, I think, last year because it was – uh, so unexpected and sudden there was a lot of like crazy logistics last minute and wondering if it was all going to really work out and I think being more familiar with the field and more familiar with the process of getting there I think I'm a little more confident just like going in and knowing that 
we're all going to end up at the fields on Saturday morning when we need to be, and we're going to play really hard, and it's going to be really fun. Well, yeah, there's some early games, right, like 8 a.m. sometimes? Yeah, yeah, actually, this year it's very relaxed. Okay. Our first game's at 1045, wow. so we're living the life of luxury. So very exciting. So you've already seen, like, what your, what your bracket you're in there? Yeah, so yeah. We, we know who we're playing. I think we're playing uh, St. Olaf. Portland and Claremont. So I think we're we're in a pretty good pool. I'm really excited to face all new teams for us and uh, get a sense of the different geographical regions of the country for sure. All right. Well, the women's ultimate frisbee team, Cold Front, departing May 18th this week for Nationals in Lexington. Josie Dillette, thanks so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Next time on the Bates Bobcast. We'll know whether or not the men's lacrosse team will get to play for the national title at Gillette Stadium. Plus, we'll preview the NCAA championships for rowing, track and field, and Ben Rosen from men's tennis. That's next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my